What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. So I'm not going to be long either. And I just want to I want to just build on that what what Conrad shared as well and and I want to speak for us just on the meaning of Christmas as well. And what does it mean because do you realize that the virgin birth of Jesus through Mary was totally normal in every aspect except one. Totally normal but one. See Mary didn't get pregnant without contact with a seed. Without contact we said it this morning that as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest remains. And she couldn't get pregnant without a seed. The, the laws of reproduction that God put in place, you know, weren't suspended with her. That didn't fall away when, when she had to become pregnant. And we know that it was supernatural because who impregnated her? It was God, the Holy Spirit, not, not a man. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand again. You see, so like millions of other babies that, that are born, God didn't use this as a different effort. Each one needs a seed for them to become pregnant. Each one needs a seed. And, and therefore God had to use the seed of His Word instead of the seed of a man to put into Mary's womb. Amen? That's why John 1, 14 says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. He used the seed of His Word to put into, to impregnate her. The Word became flesh. So, so Jesus literally was the Word of God, the Word that became flesh. His Word was the sperm, actually, that conceived Jesus, that was put into the womb of Mary. You know, and this answers a lot of questions because we have many questions that, you know, things like this, that why did God maybe wait 4,000 years uh, after the fall of man to send Jesus to the earth? Have you ever thought about that? Why 4,000 years? Why not, if, they, if, if sin, the fall happened, why not just fix it immediately? Why after the fall wait 4,000 years to send Jesus? You see, God is a God of principles. And one of the principles of God we find in the book of Hebrews 11.3 uh, that says that through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. The world, sorry, not the words, the worlds. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So what it says is that everything God created, He created by speaking, isn't it? He said, let there be, and it was. Let there be light, and light, light came, and, and water separated. All these things He spoke. So he, the, the Word, everything was framed by the Word of God as He spoke. So, so God had to, to come and speak. So when it came, became time to, to create the last Adam, you see that in, in the book of 1 Corinthians 15. So I have the first Adam and Jesus, the last Adam. So, so when it came time to, to create the last Adam, God had to speak him into existence. God had to speak him into existence. Um, you know, but, but we have one challenge. God gave dominion to man concerning the earth. When God placed man on the earth, He says, you rule and reign, you have dominion over, isn't it? So, so God cannot just come now and speak something into existence 
where because the God of principles, he has got order, so there's a way to follow. So he cannot just speak into existence and there is. Because God is spirit, and uh, that's John 4, 24. He couldn't speak Christ into existence, into existence independent from man. He needed man to come and labor and work with him. All right, because we were given the control, the dominion to rule, to reign. He gave that over to us. He said, you rule and reign and have dominion. And that's why God had to become a man. So I'm trying to break it just down step by step that you can follow. All right, so, so how is it that God through, through sinful man, a corrupt man, creates a redeemer? How is that possible? Why did he do that? You see, how did he do it? He started to speak to the hearts of men. Men that were, were, would listen to him, that would obey, and that in return will come, and because they have authority over the earth, they will start speaking and releasing the prophecies, the word of God that was placed in their hearts. So you can see God's principle. God speaks, he creates by speaking, by the words. It says that through his word, he created or framed the worlds. Everything that God creates, he speaks. And then when fall happened, and because we have dominion, God used us as the mouthpiece. And through 4,000 years of prophecies and speaking, prophesying the Messiah, we built this environment for him to come. And the word became flesh. Amen? You can see the progression of God. So the thing is that because sin separated man from God, there was no one man so closely to God that he could just prophesy and say everything that needed to be spoken to bring Christ. So he used over 4,000 years men of God to come and speak and build the fullness of God so that that could come. And when the time came, Paul speaks, he says that when the set time had fully come, he says, then the angel spoke to, to Mary, and he said that you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. And what did she say? Luke 1.38, she replies and says, Be it unto me according to thy word. That word was spoken. Amen? Be it according to me, or be unto me according to thy word. So she received the word into her womb. She received it, and conception took place. The Messiah came. How do we get born again? Say again. Who said it? <laughs> I was doing it now. All right. 1 Peter 1.23. Being born again, he says, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Amen. So we get born again, not by the incorruptible, by, by the corruptible, but we get born again by incorruptible incorruptible seed of God by the word of God that abides in us you see God's word is a spiritual seed God's word needs to be planted in our hearts amen to conceive a miracle whatever you want we need the word to conceive so that we can give birth to a miracle and we are born again it says from the incorruptible word of God once the seed is planted what do we do we take care of it we need to nurture and take care Mature the process. And that's where prayer comes in. Prayer is that taking care. It's the, the fertilizer, the watering, you know, that, that incubation to the seed that we do. That's what prayer does. What happens if we just water or fertilize or, you know, barren ground? What happens? 
Hey, nothing. There's just weeds, yeah, but nothing. Why? Because there's no seed in the ground. If there's no seed in the ground, it's useless to, to water and fertilize barren ground. Nothing will happen. The, the planting of the seed needs to take place first. We would consider a, a, a woman crazy if they're trying to have a child outside of the natural laws of reproduction. Isn't it? There's ways you first need to put a seed in. And then we can expect something. And that's, that's the same thing. But how many of us as Christians try to do this? We try to, to produce a miracle, give birth to miracles, so all these things without first planting the seed of the Word of God within us. Don't, don't we do that sometimes? We want the miracle, we want the fruit, we want this, we want the harvest, but we're not doing the effort of putting the seed in our spirits so that it can come forth. And that's what happened. That's how Jesus came. So the angel says this in Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And when they say peace on earth, they didn't mean that all the hostility you know, between men is going to cease now. Because we can still see today you know, all the, the hostilities between men, that that's not over, that's not what they meant. The angels, when they said peace on earth, came to announce something. And what they said, they announced, they said, the war between man and God was over. The war between man, that separation that took place, that war between man and God was over. And so many times people still think that God is mad at them. Do you meet people and you think that they still have an idea or picture of God, that God's still mad at them? But that's not, God's not mad, He's not even in a bad mood. We think sometimes with a certain picture. But the word says that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God on the cross. Amen? He satisfied the wrath of God on the cross. And, and He's just. So what, what, what will be punished is when we refuse the sacrifice that God has given. Refuse the sacrifice for the sins. But sin was dealt with. That's been taken care of. So I want to touch on four things then we're done. Why Christmas or why do we have this? Why, why did God put a seed in the woman's womb and then gave birth to Christ? The book of John 1, 1, and that's what, what Conrad said. The end from the beginning. The end from the beginning. John 1 from verse 1 says this. In the beginning, you guys can put some background music. I'll appreciate it. Thank you. It says that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And all these things were made by Him. And without Him, not that type of music. <laughs> all right. Well, one time when we were still in the house, we, we used them. Um, my computer and iTunes, so in the middle, ABBA started playing. So this is much better than ABBA, but yeah, we can just do some other background music, thanks. <laughs> All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing or not anything made that was made. You see, He says, in the beginning was the Word. That little babe in the manger that we said now, that little babe in the manger was actually the Creator of the universe. God incarnate. 
God in His majesty, Christ left the glory of heaven to come and voluntarily become a man. That's what happened. Christ came. And we should understand John 1, 1 before we understand or read Luke 2 verse 7. John 1, 1 says that, that Christ was. He always was. He was before He was born of a virgin, a baby in a manger. He was. He was. That little baby in the manger is the Creator. Colossians 1.16 says that, For by Him all things were created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. You see, that seed came by the Word of God it was spoken, but we need to understand and remind us that that little babe is the Creator. That little babe in the manger is our sustainer. Colossians 1.17 says that He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. I love it. The Scripture says that by the power of His Word, the universe is still upheld. By that what He spoke. We need to understand that this little seed, this little baby, is God over us. That's point one. He is God over us, the sustainer, the creator. He's the judge. John 5, 22 says, For the Father judges no man, but is committed all judgment unto the Son. That little babe is the righteous judge. Revelations 1, 8 says, That little babe is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So that seed was deposited, but we need to understand that that seed came to, to rescue us, to come and restore us. But that seed is, first of all, God over us. God over us. Romans 9.5 speaks about Christ is over all. Christ is over all. And since He's over all of us, we should give Him our allegiance, our obedience, our worship. We should give everything that we are unto Him. You see, people don't mind a little baby in the manger. They don't mind a man on a cross. Because neither of them are in a position to tell you or demand from you. But we need to realize that He was the baby. He was the man. He died on a cross. He resurrected and He seated on high. He's God over us. The King of glory. The Alpha and the Omega. Amen. So one is Lord over us. The second part is this. Verse 4 to 5 in the book of John. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. The darkness could not comprehend it. The Bible speaks of Christ's advocacy for us. That He fights for us. You know, and, and sometimes we think, as I, said, as I said, we think in terms of that it comes with the wrath, that it comes in judgment. And coming in judgment to the earth is not pleasant at all. I don't know what you think. If Christ come to the earth to judge, you know, what would we feel like? But when Jesus came, He said this, I did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through me as a result of that. Not to come and condemn us, but to come and save us. 
You see, and, and this is the whole point. It's Christ the Lord over us. But He's also the Christ for us. He's the one that's for us, not against you. Romans 5, 8 says that God showed His love towards us. While we were yet still sinners, He died for us. Verse 31, Romans 8, 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? It's Christ for us. Not just Lord over us, but He's also for you. He's not against you. Verse 32 says, Romans 8, He spared not His own Son, but He delivered Him up for us all. Verse 34 says, It is Christ that died, and rather that He's risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, and makes intercession for us. I want to tell you this morning to remind you that God is for you. He's for you, not against you. He's Lord over us, but He's also for us. We need to accept Him as Lord and Savior by faith. Number 3, verse 14, John 1, 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. The book of Matthew 1, verse 21 to 23, He says this, when he declares, when he comes, he says, And she, that's Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be called with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So that babe in the mangers is not just Lord over us. He's not just God for us, but He's also God with us. God's presence is here with you. God is not just for us, He's with us. You see, God, Jesus, when He walked here, He was touched by the feelings, the emotions, our feelings of, of sickness and infirmities and diseases and, and being lost and being hopeless, the, the hardships you go through. Whatever your challenge, the, the, he was hungry, he was frustrated, he became weary, he became angry. And all those, he said that he was tempted, the same as us, yet without sin. That is, that is he's been through this. Though he never sinned, he was allowed to carry the weight of the sin of the whole earth upon him. Until he died on the cross of Calvary. And that made, that made him that, that he can, he can, he can, what is your word, man? Relate, thank you. Just checking if you're listening. He can relate with us. So he's not just God over us. And he's not just a God for us. He relates with us. He's a God that's with us. Right here, your pain, your troubles, your sickness, your disease, your, your fear. I want to tell you that He's right here. God with us. And then lastly, we're ending off. Verse 10 to 11 says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, He gave to them the power to become sons of God. And even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And here's the best part of everything. That, that babe in the manger was God in human form. He grew up, he came, he grew up, he was born, he died, and he rose again. And this is the last part. Now he wants to live his life in and through us. Not just God over us, not just the God for us, not just the God with us, but he wants to be the God in and through us. That's what he wants. That's, that's the whole thing. That's Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why he came. It's not just to do beginning or the end from the beginning to come and do a work of salvation, but to restore us so that we understand from the beginning he was. He's the Alpha, the one who was and is and is to come. He was always, before he became the babe in the manger, he was. He's Lord over us. He's a God that's for us, with us. But that's not where it needs to stop. He wants to say, come, open your life. Don't let the children be prevented. Come. Galatians 4.19, my little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. That you come like this, what we said, the children come. That you open your heart and your life to say that, hey, that babe didn't come to be a cult or religious figure or something. He came to be our personal redeemer, our Lord, our Savior, to live in us again, to restore us. Christ, the hope of glory in me. Amen. Let's just close our eyes and let's stand together. Because in this season, we always have that, that Christmas is a season of hope and goodwill and all these things. But I want to share and tell you this morning that this is the season where the God of hope wants to fill you with joy and peace in your faith. Romans says it, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in your faith. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. God is the God of hope. And if you're hopeless, it's maybe because He's God over us. Maybe you think that He's not a God that's for us. Maybe you don't feel that He's a God that's with us. But the starting point is that He needs to be the God in us. That you need to accept Him and to allow Him to come and be your Lord and Savior. And then you will experience the peace, the presence the God that's with us, the God that's for us, the God that is over us. Let's just close our eyes. You see, Christmas, we celebrate it, the world celebrates it in a different way, but it means for us that the God over us was willing to come to the sun-cursed earth. The eternal, the Logos, the Word of God, He stepped out of heaven into a manger and he became the God that's with us the God that's for us and he said that I don't want you willingly to perish he says that God is pulling for you you see if you go to hell you're going to go there against his desire that's not his desire for you 
The word says in Peter, he says that God is not slow to fulfill his promises. But its desire is that no one should perish, but everyone be saved. You see, God's not just way up there. He's not willing for you to perish. He says, I am right here, a God with you. Feeling your pain, feeling your sorrows, the God with us. But he wants this morning to come and anchor you again to say, let me be the God in us. That you come and make your heart a home for him this morning. Colossians 3, 3 and 4 says, you have died now and your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, he will appear with him in glory. Just wanted to refocus your heart and your posture this morning again to the Lord to say, Lord, come and make my heart a place of habitation again. In you and through you we have our beings. So Father, but whoever needs to, to cry out, your word says we are born again by the imperishable seed of God. Your word says that when we come and confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord. Accept you as our Lord and our Saviors. When we open our hearts, you come and you wash us. You cleanse us. And you restore us. By your Spirit, you said you enable us to become children of God. That Lord, this morning we come to realization and submit again to your Lordship. You are God over us. You are for us. You are with us. And you are the God that's in us. Christ in me the hope of glory. We come and give you praise as we remember you and exalt you. We just want to say, Lord, we love you. And Father, I declare the peace of God over each and every one here. That, Father, that they will experience over this time and this season a restoration, a hope, purpose, a refreshing. You'll just come and lift up in their presence the God that's with us, the God that's for us, the babe in the manger, but also the King of glory. We give glory and praise and honor and exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We want to bless you. And uh, if you want to be born again, if there's something in your heart, we would love to pray with you and spend some time with you as well. Then you're just welcome to come, the ministry team. And we'll spend time, we'll pray with you. If there's any other need, we'll also pray with you. Remember next week, it's not 9 o'clock, we're going to have a, a Christmas service. It's going to be 8 in the morning. So be blessed, know that we love you. And if you're going to go away for the holidays or somewhere, be blessed, be safe. And uh, we're going to see next year and we know that God's going to do amazing things for next year. Amen. Amen. Let's just give glory and praise to God again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.